heard of this band called Necrogoblicon? Is this real? Is that where the guy dresses like a demon? Uh, a they goblin? have like, well, they yeah, like, ghost. not really any like any member of the band dresses like a goblin, but they have this guy named uh, uh, John Goblicon. He does he does a lot of their like uh, YouTube shit. It's so fucking funny, man. Uh, I thought you just said John Gobblecock. <laughs> John Goblicon. <laughs> My porn star name, John Gobblecock. <laughs> beat him up too, starring John Gobblecock. <laughs> Welcome to the Horrible Film School, a safe place to watch scary movies. Professor Chris here with the Horribles, Professor Hoodie. What's going on, fellas? Happy to be happy to talk about little girl dolls. What about you, Professor Joseph? So here we are. Um, this is what our show has become from Suspiria to <laughs> Annabelle. We've gone from Red the movie to Jump Scare the movie. Um, all right, boys, let's uh, let's get this over with. Today's assignment: 2014's Annabelle. The lesson: Never use a rare antique doll to dig your way out of the doghouse. Going to switch up some hosting duties here, so I, Chris, will be leading the charge into this beautiful example of modern horror cinema. Beautiful. I'm glad you got to talk about this because I don't want to talk about this shit film. Yeah, there was not a line, not a lot of envy on the line. I noticed when uh, I was assigned to handle this this burden. Yeah, is this the most recent movie we've covered? 2014? I believe so. Uh, possibly. Oh, I'm pretty positive it is. Yeah, I don't recall. I think a lot of them has been like uh, like 80s and 90s movies. Let's go to the official horriblefilmschool.com to check it out. I mean, if it is, I think we could say that this is definitely going to reach oh. the like 15 and under audience, right? What year did this come out, Chris? 2014. Mama came out 2013. Yes. Beat We're definitely pulling in some, uh, what gen are we in now? We're past millennials, whatever you call those next group of. Gen uh, Z's, baby, who's fucking up the corporate world. Z's and Z's. Stooges like me. Yeah, them Z speaking, speaking of socials, feel free to shoot me a snap at johngobblecock.com. <laughs> a little inside I'm about to, to just log on to, and change every username I have to John Gobblecock. During us talking about John there, I learned uh, what I thought was a new band called Gore, but uh, not so new after all. Pretty big in like 94. <laughs> it's a little late to the game. No, it's, it's perfectly understandable. So as far as uh, people behind the camera, not really a whole lot to highlight here. So I just will uh, point out the director, Mr. John R. Leonetti. Leonetti. Known as a director of Annabelle. Uh, cinematographer on The Conjuring and Insidious Chapter 2, also a director for Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and what I think is the most telling credit here, cinematographer for Child's Play 3. Yeah, those those last two is why this movie is a steaming pile of dog shit. Those are some 90s bangers, man. 
Dude, I fucking this, love Child's Play 3. Or, yeah, Child's Play 3. Yeah, six- and seven-year-old, me and Joey, were big fans of this guy's work. Mortal Kombat Annihilation is a travesty. Chucky's gonna be your bro. <laughs> hey, yo, Chucky's gonna be your bro. Mr. Leonetti's got a strange streak. Uh, he goes from being head of cinematography in the first movie of a franchise, and then the director of the sequel, for some reason. Like, he went from The Conjuring... Like Chris said, cinematography, Annabelle, director, Mortal Kombat 1, cinematography, Mortal Kombat 2, director. Yeah, he should just stay behind the camera. He's like the guy that when the head coach gets fired, they're like, well, let's just promote the offensive coordinator. Yeah, you just assume the assistant the manager. The interim, you talking about the interim, uh, interim head coach? He just, he just doesn't have a job next year. They don't even give him the fuck his old job back. Fucking <laughs> say, you got to move on. That ain't right, man. This man directed the most successful movie in the history of the Philippines. Oh, I did. I did see that. Highest grossing movie ever. Annabelle. Butterfly Effect 2. As a man who lives in the Filipino dense area of of the country. Whoa. uh, I now now know to buy a bunch of Annabelle dolls and just give them out. Because apparently they love them. They might attack you for that. I'm not sure. (laughs) The producer... The great James one of the Conjuring, Insidious, and Saul fame. Yeah, but that's a can't anybody be the fucking producer though? Isn't that like kind of a shit credit? Yeah, but I mean, you got to mention him it's because cash. if it's not for him, no one's watching this movie. Not for the universe. Brad Pitt was the producer of Twelve Years a Slave, and uh, yeah, apparently that won an Oscar. Just won him Pitt, an so. Oscar. He I got agree. the Oscar for that. Didn't do shit. He was in that movie. Yeah, if like five seconds. Yeah, but his part was great. He was like the white guy who sympathized. Yeah. Naturally. The only white guy. <laughs> it's the good white guy. Who sympathized. If you put up the money to make a movie like that. You're going to paint me in a good light, buddy. You're going to make fucking, sure you're the one good white guy in it. You ain't you ain't fucking Benedict Cumbersnatching me up in this movie. <laughs> I thought that was Michael Fassbender. <laughs> who's that little guy who's playing the Riddler in the new Batman movie? Paul Dano? He's Dude, you're not you're not fucking Paul Dano and me in Twelve oh, Years God. a Slave. Paul Dano was a he was a fucking he was an man. asshole, dude, making him remail all them boards and shit. Singing that song, God, these bad. slats ain't straight, boy. Great actor though, great actor. Fantastic. Everybody in that movie's a good actor. Yeah, true. Great movie. All right, boys, you got any more uh, behind the scenes notes before we start digging into this bad boy? Uh, outside of the actual. Annabelle doll was a Raggedy Ann doll and not some monstrosity that looks like fucking Chucky's uh, Chucky's son, Glenn. Um, not really. Oh, and the fact that the uh, the guy who did the screenplay also did the screenplay for like It 1 and It 2. Kerry Fukunaga? He didn't write this shit. No, 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 the screenplay. He wrote uh, It Chapter 1. Uh, whatever IMDb must have fucking lied to me then. Cause oh, he wrote the story. I'm dude, sorry. He might not have got screenplay credit. Yeah, this yeah this dude did like the I didn't get his name because I mean it's fucking Annabelle. It gives a shit. Exactly. But um, yeah, he uh, he wrote it and it chapter two. John, played by Ward Horton, is from our home state, fellas. Oh shit. And he attended Wake Forest University, where he received his business bachelor's degree. Goodbye, you, John. Or whatever your real name was. It's almost like they cast somebody who was an actual fucking doctor to play a role in a movie and not an actor. And just a few other notes here. Uh, Texas State University Assistant Professor of Religious Studies, Joseph Laycock, that is his name, says most skeptics have dismissed 
dismissed the Warren's Museum as full of off-the-shelf Halloween junk, dolls, and toys, books you could buy at any bookstore. Yeah, I watched like a five minutes of a documentary, man, and it paints them in a light that is kind of questions how they got an actual fucking franchise made after their lives. Like they Some really seem, they seem like charlatans and fucking, you know, uh, snake oil salesmen. A hundred percent. I don't get. And the last thing I got is a science writer named Sharon Hill criticized the sensationalization press coverage that the Warren's Occult Museum received, because she said, like the real life Ed Warren, real life Annabelle is actually far less impressive. It's a raggedy end doll. So it's yeah, like it's a, a cloth doll with like red hair. And that thing kills people, Joy. I, I guess, man. That, hey, that, it that, made, that cloth doll. made millions of dollars on a trilogy, so hey, what do I know? It scares us just thinking about it. When you hear it, you're going to think we're insane. It started out small. Like a hand or a leg was in a different position, and then its head was looking up instead of down, and then one day it was in a completely different room it's moving around by itself we begin with the same opening scene from the conjuring a trio of young folks are telling ed and lorraine warring about their experiences with a doll named annabelle which they believe is haunted flashback to one year earlier we meet ken and barbie also known as john and mia form Miss Form you may recognize as Annabelle Wallace from Malignant and Peaky Blinders. They are a married couple living in Santa Monica, California. And as all good, God-fearing women ought to be, Mia is pregnant. I feel like the director, uh, Mr. Leonetti, said, uh, fuck it, her name is Annabelle, just cast her. Um, like Chris said, played the lead role in Malignant, a pretty divisive movie. Between a good movie. him and my him and my him and myself, I think it's okay. Um, I've still yet to watch it, so I am indifferent. James, we need maybe, a hey, it might come over here on the wheel one day. Who knows? Uh, James Wan definitely must have liked what he saw in the in this film. Either that, hey. or he uh, he figured he could get her pretty cheap. Um, hey. Either way, she was actually pretty good and malignant. But in this movie, uh, the couple rides home from church with their neighbors and argue over baby names. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. We're not going to skip over the church, Chris. Okay, James Wan and his fascination with the Catholic Church. It's always the Catholic Church. Every time. They're the only ones that can stop the devil, bro. Why can't it be like a Baptist church? They can't like stop the devil. They, they invite the devil in. And like snakes and shit. Like, it's just go all out, man. But That's no, the Catholic dude. Church. I used to Catholic be down Catholic with that shit. Are we not going to... Is it Pentecostals who use the snakes? Yeah, yeah, they have the snakes and the speaking in tongues. Oh, that sounds metal as hell. That would be pretty badass. I can't believe we're going to skip over uh, John. And I talk about John here for a minute. The fuck is there to say about John? Fucking uh, sucks. Yeah, fucking John exactly, a lot. dude. Bland the man. This dude is boring. Uh, this guy, this guy acts like Cam Newton plays like shit. Good lord, the man is old. Cam Newton. Uh, that is. This is why I referred to him as Ken and Barbie because they were both fucking plastic. Yeah, yeah, just fucking bland, dude. It's like eat potatoes, like mashed potatoes without any salt, bro. Bland. No disrespect to Wake Forest. 
This is the only movie the guy's ever been in, so I'm pretty sure we can just go in on his ass. He's been in a lot of TV shows. Um, this okay. guy looks like John Boy from The Waltons, or you may know him as the guy from It, Richard Earl Thomas. Yes. Richard Thomas looks like is a decent son. actor, man. I, that's a fucking far, far step for him. He was in The Waltons. <laughs> he was on uh, The Americans, good TV show that ended not long ago. Okay, I did not see that, so. He redeemed himself. And that movie we all had to watch as a kid. On the Westward Front, is that it? He was, he was in that. All quiet, all quiet on the along the Western Front. Western there, front. You Damn. there you go. Classic middle school literature there. Classic. For all you non-American uh, folks, it's something they make us read. Yeah. Was that World War, War One? Yes. The couple rides home from church with their neighbors and argue over baby names. As the neighbors head to their home, John and Mia diss on some hot goss. The neighbor's daughter ran away to be a damn dirty hippie. Pretty much in this scene right here, we, we find out the movie takes place in the uh, late 60s, early 70s. Um, that's the whole hippie movement. Pretty much at its peak. That's when uh, free love pretty much came crashing down with the uh, Manson the glory family. glory days of sex, baby. All this free love comes crashing down quite, quite dramatically. Sometime later, Mia watches the news as she sews and we get the obligatory summer of 69. Manson family news broadcast as old Charlie and company are finally arrested. As we will see, there are many allusions to Charlie and the gang throughout the story. Side note here, the character names Mia and John refer to the lead actors in Rosemary's Baby, Mia Farrow and John Cassavetes. A movie directed by Roman Polanski, husband to the most notable victim of the Manson family, Miss Sharon Tate. Isn't it nice that that much thought went into the fucking characters' names, Joy, to produce such a shit film? I know, right? So much thought went into that. I, just, I wish it showed its like face in the script. You know, when they're screaming at each other, don't do it for the baby. You have to live for the baby. It's a bit true. My baby. I do appreciate <laughs> the uh, the seeds of the real world events in there. They, oh, they don't feel real to me. John gives Mia a rare porcelain doll as a gift for their first child. It is promptly placed in a collection of dolls in the nursery. This doll was likely purchased at a Wendy's fast food restaurant as it so closely <laughs> resembles Wendy herself. I'm going to tell you what, man. All right. Nowadays, boys can play with dolls. Girls can play with construction trucks. Action whatever figures, bullshit. Action all, right, all right. Action figures. Whatever bullshit. This is the fucking 70s, bro. Early 70s, late 60s. You're not putting a bunch of dolls into a damn baby room without knowing the sex. I'm sorry. They're, you're not that progressive, you know? Did they not know what the sex of the baby? No, they didn't know what the sex was. How do we know that they didn't know? I didn't pick up on that. Because he called it an it at one point. They they didn't they didn't have a name, so you got to call it it because it's respect. Yeah. You would say so, her. You wouldn't say it. Well, we're getting into some pronoun game right now. And I'm just gonna leave. Oh my boy. Well, the movie takes place in the <laughs> '70s, so we're the mindset is the '70s. You're making you assumptions, see, buddy. You should see the fucking bush I got around my dick right now, just because this movie is like takes place in the '70s. John Gobblecock. We're glossing over the fact that this woman has probably 75 dolls in this room for a baby that's not even born yet. Shit's not normal. Those are her dolls, man. That's what really is. Those are her personal uh, dolls. Yes. 
she's trying to pass on her sickness to her fucking child, <laughs> collecting all these monstrous, disgusting-looking dolls. I can't stand a fucking doll, man. I had that whole incident when I was a kid, and I got that My Buddy shit, and I tossed it in the woods. I fucking hate it all. <laughs> can't stand Joy, it. This is not a therapy session. I'm not here to talk I think about. that's really what I don't like about this movie, is it brings back those kind of memories. We're not here to talk about whether you or the doll sexually assaulted <laughs> you or the doll, or however it went. I just picture Joey as like an eight-year-old walking in the woods with his good buddy doll, and Joey comes back, and the good buddy doesn't. Dude, Child's Play just come out, and I got a fucking My Buddy for Christmas. What do you think I'm going to do with that shit? I don't I, 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 Barely nobody knows besides you I wish, I knew, how, I, wish I knew how to start a fire at that age, dude. I would have burnt the whole fucking house down around that I'm bitch. still thinking that if the doll was possessed, then my brother... Was my real brother is in that doll in the woods somewhere, and this is what the fuck I'm left with. That maybe that's why I'm such an asshole. I'm a fucking, uh, I'm a fucking my buddy doll. <laughs> Starting to come together. Later that night, Mia is disturbed by the sounds of her next door neighbors, the Higgins, being murdered during a home invasion. Does Mister Higgins not? I always get that guy. What's it? Hold on, his name, Brian Howell. That's not Meatloaf. Mix- Mixed up with meatloaf, That's yes. Meatloaf. The fuck, meatloaf yeah. is like six five. Dude. He looks just like fucking meatloaf with them big looks, ass titties, yeah. like in Fight Club. I've seen Fight Club <laughs> way too many times to think this was fucking meatloaf. Well, let me go ahead. All right, we're, we've been bashing Leonetti and, and this shit show so far. We'll go ahead and throw him a bone right here. This whole scene where it pans back from the sleeping couple to the window of his neighbors and then back up. That's very beautifully shot. Yeah, it's great. Through the window is yeah. great. It's fantastic. The play with the way they play with the lighting and all. And yeah, the really splatter. That. It looks really good. Yeah. John goes to investigate and returns covered in blood, but not his own. He tells Mia to call the police as he darts back into the chaos. Mia runs back home to make the call, but stops when she hears a woman's voice from the nursery. I like your dolls. Well, this being the 70s, I was expecting her ass to pick up that long pole-looking telephone and smacking the fucking receiver a bunch of times and talking into it. <laughs> I didn't even think about, like, rotary phones. I'm thinking about that old-ass shit, like, back from the Depression era. Mia is attacked from behind by a man who stabs her in the belly. Another reference to Sharon Tate. John rushes in and fights the man, but is overpowered and knocked unconscious. As the man tries to stab Mia again, the police storm in and shoot his ass body in Clyde style. You, did you notice, like, where the actual, uh, what do they call those in in filmmaking? The sponges? What do they call them? The things that pop. And look like squibs. Blood. Squibs. Yeah, squibs. like the blood the squibs. squibs. Did you see where the squibs were on this guy's body when that cop shot him several times? Right in his asshole. In no. his dick. The bottom left side of his stomach. This fucking cop that come in there is like, I'm pretty sure he didn't go in there with the intention of giving the guy a kidney shot, did he? This dude comes in like Barney Fife, can't shoot for fucking shit. He's literally shooting the guy in his side and shit. And he goes right down. This movie has has like a few instances of, of this kind of shit. How did the baby not die? Uh, where the stab was, it wasn't like directly in the middle of the stomach. It was kind of to the side. Okay, okay. I just thought yeah. of getting stabbed in the. Like, it's just one of those things. Like I guess the, the blade just dodged the baby's uh, vital organs. I think it said something about the uh, what the what's that sack we've been discussing a few episodes back? 
Oh, the embryonic. The embryonic. Yeah, the embryonic sac. The embryonic. I'm not sure if that guy, I think he said it, it didn't get ruptured or something. I don't fucking know. Okay, okay. The sac was not cut. Yeah, the sack the sack was intact. Just the idea of a pregnant woman getting stabbed in the belly. It's fucking gross. Dude, that's fucking red red wedding, bro. Yeah, thank you, Game of Thrones. Some people would still be alive if that baby would have died in the womb. But we'll get to that. Oh boy. Across the hall, the crazy lady commits suicide, slitting her throat inside the nursery while holding the doll. A drop of her blood falls on the doll's face and sinks into its eye. Mia is hospitalized for obvious reasons. The doctor says the baby is A-OK, but Mia's cervix was damaged. Thanks, John. So, she is ordered to stay bedridden for the rest of her pregnancy. So, let's let's step back a minute to the scene where Annabelle, isn't the name of the actual, like, girl whose blood fell on the dolls named Annabelle? Yeah. The, uh, yeah. That's confirmed right after this. All right, so... The blood droplet fell into the doll's eye, right? Mm-hmm. And you know these hippies, they got that free love movement shit, right? Having sex with, like, a bunch of different people. Where is this going? Is this an STD well, approach here? You know when you know when you get that a little hurts. poop? You get a little poop in your eye? Oh, you got pink eye. I, I, don't, I, pink don't, eye. I don't know that. You is get that, that pink eye, bro. Now, I know somebody got pink eye. Look at me. Mm. If you eat ass the wrong way, you get pink eye. You know this person's got an STD and the blood got in the eye. So, can you have eye herpes? I'm just saying, hey, I'm just throwing it out there, man. We're expanding on the Conjuring universe. Let's fucking expand on it, you know? Oh, yeah. Let's give him something to talk about, Chris. Right? A give him something to, to talk about. Uh, talk woo. about love. News reports identify the assailants as the Higgins' estranged daughter, Annabelle. And her unknown fuck-up of a boyfriend. They murdered her parents and are said to have been part of a demonic cult. God, these movies and the Catholic Church and the fucking satanic panic. It's such easy bullshit. So is the implication here that they may be part of the Manson family at this point? Because they're using that on the news to spread the fear, naturally. Yeah, probably. If you look at the amount of people who have killed in the name of Satan to the amount of people who have killed in the name of God, it is astronomical how many have killed for the purpose of God. How about those that have killed in the name of all Trump 2024? Let's go, boys. Rise up. In the name of. Rise up. The couple heads back home, and John still does not understand the concept of locking the fucking door. It's 70s, man. The 70s after your wife just been stabbed in the gut. Nah. John fucking sucks, okay. dude. <laughs> nah. Fucking nah. <laughs> Sometime later, an unmanned sewing machine wakes up the couple, and we find the lovely doll propped up against the wall in the nursery. So, she gets plopped in a rocking chair. The following morning, we hear that same chair rocking on its own. Fuck. This doll cannot stay still to save her fucking life, dude. What if they just put, ADHD. like, what if but they just put, like, what if they put, like, jingle bells or some shit on the doll? You'd fucking know every time she's doing some bullshit. Every time she's up some, some, some sort of fuckery, you'll know she's, like, out and about. What if she removes the jingle bells? Oh. I mean, I guess, but damn. 
juke your ass. Real tight. She ain't got thumbs, dude. What the fuck she gonna do? How she gonna do that? Spin move. I will say that I went to a Comic Con in Niagara Falls and they had the Annabelle doll there. Have no idea why. And it was in this damn rocking chair and people like freaked out about it. Like they, they were scared of this doll and I, I don't understand it. He's been flexing on us a lot today, dude. I went to Niagara Falls to the Comic Con. Oh, yeah, I got I got the fucking Clamato juice uh, Bud Lights and I went and saw Gore. He's on Air Force uh, One while we're recording I mean, the fucking shit. podcast. I work from home, fellas. Okay, I don't have much to brag about, so I got to brag about something. As soon as he gets out the house, he's like, "I got to find a story. I got to find something." To talk about. <laughs> I got to find something to bring to the show. And since Annabelle was holding the doll when she died, Mia asks John to throw it away, and John, the greatest husband ever, does just that. The next day, Mia is sewing and watching TV, multitasking like a fucking pro. In the kitchen, the stove turns on as if by itself and heats up some Jiffy Pop. Mia cuts her finger on the sewing machine and tends to her wound, unaware when the popcorn catches fire. She eventually smells the smoke and sees the flames. Does she stop, drop, and roll? Nah. She tries to run out of the house, trips over a chair, falls on her stomach, and as she begins to crawl to safely, she is dragged back by an unseen force. A group of men, luckily, then run into the house and pull her out. Once again, she is taken to the hospital. You know what it was? That baby smelled that popcorn cooking. It was trying to get to that popcorn, so it damn pulled her back. She said, let me get some of that popcorn before we get out of here, babe. Damn, is that oh, white no. cheddar? Pull her back. I'm really intrigued on the fact that one tray of Jiffy Pop can make a fucking kitchen explode. Yeah, that's really, really intrigued. There was gasoline in that fucking Jiffy Pop, no doubt. <laughs> John seasoned that shit before he left. <laughs> John rushes into the hospital room to find Mia unharmed with a healthy baby girl to boot. They decide to name her Leah. As any sane person would do, Mia refuses to return to the house. And they agree to find a new home. They moved to Pasadena. Moving Damn. on up, moving on up. So as the boys alluded to, the family moves into an apartment in Pasadena. Mia unpacks her dolls and finds the one that had been discarded. But who gives a shit? No need for any more questions about that. She's back in the starting lineup, baby. Dirty as hell. This doll <laughs> somehow still manages to land the most primo spot in the fucking brand new nursery. This doll is covered in fucking baking grease and baby shit. Doesn't even they wipe just, the fucking thing off. Well, she takes, she licks her finger and wipes his cheek and then licks her finger again, dude. You know she's got salmonella or something after doing that. Ugh. So is your grown-ass wife having this collection of dolls like a total deal-breaker for a relationship? Yeah, my dick won't work after that. It's definitely up there because uh, there's some psychological shit going on there. Furthermore, how does this guy... Who is in med school? How do they afford all these dolls in this apartment and this nice house and all this shit? They're vintage, baby. Fucking rich ass white people, man. You know it's the wife, man. You know she come from money having all them dolls. So if you didn't know she had all this shit until you moved in together, can you legitimately like just bounce? Well, here's the thing. Have like you I'm fucking seen, leaving. You've seen what Annabelle Wallace looks like, right? Yes. He's hot as fuck. So he's a good looking lady. <laughs> I think I'd put up with them dolls. You know, put put a baby or two in her, then you're kind of stuck. Like, she's stuck. She can't do no better than you now, you know? <laughs> Stretch marks and her fallopian tubes is all fucked up. George is 
pretty much lay out how to trap somebody. I mean, let's be, let's be, let's be, let's be, real. Let's, works, let's right be fucking real about it, man. Come on. Entrapment 101, taught by Professor Joseph. Well, I got the rule book now. Get his fucking condoms out and then get you a little money. You got all that money, money, you know you can get some child support out of her. I think she's a stay-at-home mom, right? Nah, that's the reason. She, that's why she, we just made it abundantly clear. She's got all these expensive-ass dolls. She can sell them dolls. And she does not do well with stress, which means she hasn't had a lot of stress in her life, which means probably rich. She can't cook. She burned that damn popcorn. Burned the shit out of that popcorn. Later on, Mia meets two neighbor children, Robert and Nancy. Is that an Elm Street reference? That was a question that popped up for me. Oh, Robert shit. Robert England and Nancy Throckmorton, Coincidence? The amount of care that went into the fucking names is mm-hmm. maddening. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, the amount, the amount of fucking, the amount of thought went into these names, right? And then, oh man, we can't think of a name to name the fucking daughter, uh, the baby. Uh, what, Mia, Leah, Leah, sounds like Mia. The siblings are innocently coloring on the stairwell. The young girl tries to introduce herself, but her brother tells her not to talk to any damn dirty strangers. That's a good brother. That's a good looking out, you know. When Mia returns home, she follows a trail of drawings, presumably from the kids. The pictures show a continuous animation of Mia pushing Leah in her stroller and letting it go into the path of a truck. Horrified, Mia shows the pictures of John, who wants to beat some ass by telling their parents. Death by semi-truck, baby. Let's go pet cemetery. Another connection, Chris. John's got his best line of the movie right here. I actually giggled a little bit. I guess it's like a dad joke. <laughs> he he said, "She, uh, the wife Mia says to John, um, if Leah was to do something like this, wouldn't you want to know?'" And John says, "She would never do anything like this. Look at these drawings; they're horrible. The proportions are all wrong." Yeah, they crack it. <laughs> Hell yeah, John. That's all right. Good ad lib, John. The couple plans to stay in date night for some adult conversation, perhaps a little nookie. But since John is a fucking dick, Mia gets stood up. She emphatically turns off the record player because fuck you, John. However, as she exits the room, a shadowy figure drops the needle again. How fucking badass would it be if, like, back that ass up started playing? I like big butts and I cannot lie. The fucking Annabelle just comes in the room throwing that motherfucker at him, dog. Did y'all happen to, uh, like, watch this scene a little bit more closely, like, right there above the record player? Yeah, it's like a shadowy thing And the reflection there. of the, uh, of the, I mean, this is, once again, uh, another example of John R. Leonetti's cinematography, the way that the scene is set up. You can see, like, the entire room, the corridor, you know, and everything, and uh, you see that, like, flash of a figure and then the uh, needle drops. It's actually pretty cool. Mia investigates the record player and approaches a suspicious curtain? Question mark. A child rushes out from behind and sprints into the apartment. Another damned unmanned sewing machine leads Mia into the sewing room and we get the coolest shot in the whole flick in my opinion. So we see the young girl sprints from across the hall and towards the door transforming into the attacking woman from earlier just as she breaches the doorway. Got your ass. And then she disappears, cause ghost! Oh no! Yeah, yeah. I hate the way this scene ends, but the shot oh, is fucking Oh god. Dope. 
She like runs into her chest and fades away. Yeah, and then yeah, fades to black. I don't fucking know, man. Yeah, <laughs> got your ass. You got it's that's the whole idea of the movie. It's such a good idea, but then the execution. The same with this scene. Like you said, great setup, but it didn't go anywhere. It didn't. It, it undermines the stakes at this point. It's like, okay, can I not be harmed? What the fuck am I afraid of? That's what I picked up on. Was like, okay, well they can't touch you, so who gives a shit? Who are you just sitting there watching football, masturbating, ghosts are just punching at <laughs> him? I don't give a fuck. Give a fuck. Dude, you fuck can't that. do nothing, you bitch. That's the thing, man. Some of these people like like being watched when they do that kind of shit. You know what I mean? That might make it all right. That add another layer for joy. Pretend like That'd you're choking right. me, ghost. Shit. Pull my nipples as hard as you can. Oh. <laughs> you can't get a woman in the corner that's a ghost. Watch your joy do that. He's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they, try, they try to turn away. I keep just walking in front of them. <laughs> Is it a threesome if it's too good? You have to watch. I can't. You have to watch. I can't get off unless you watch. You know you're fucking sick if you scare the ghost. I want to leave. You put the doll outside, please. Did you say scary movie three? Scary movie three. When she's like, no, but it's the one with that damn girl trying to fuck the ghost and she's got the underwear on from like last week. Oh, that was part two. (laughs) I was like, oh, what the fuck? (laughs) I remember that. God, there's movies. <laughs> it says fucking like Tuesday. He looks up to Colin. It's Friday. Goes, oh, it was Tori Spelling. Was yeah, it was Tori, Tori Spelling. There you go. Later that night, John decides to be a decent husband and convinces Mia to go talk to a priest about her wacky-ass mental issues. We go see the holy man and get a lame-ass scene of him basically telling Mia she needs to get over all this shit. Serve your husband. Cook more meals. You know, common sense shit. Serve your husband. It's common sense. Jesus. All that behind us, John does what any good man would and moves to night shifts. Father Perez in this movie played by Tony Amendola, a.k.a. Edward James Almost Face, both of whom appeared on the Showtime hit Dexter, albeit different seasons. That dude was in Dexter? Yeah, he was in Dexter. Had to be like season seven. It was one of the early ones. I think it was like two or three. Like he was, oh, he man. was in like, ones. he was like a crime boss or some bullshit. I think he's the one who owned the uh, junkyard. Cut to Mia nursing another shitty night alone. She seemingly leaves her child unattended to go into the basement level of the apartment complex to drop a box in storage. I think these are really nice storage units. I. It kind of threw me off because I didn't know like apartments had that kind of shit. Me either. I guess big ones like if they did back then, that's actually kind of a cool setup. She hasn't seen enough crazy shit to think this was a bad idea. Well, the that babies, the babies asleep and her arms are full with like marble boxes. That thing is sleeping. That's a that human being, Hootie. Well, she will grow up to pay taxes one day. Hopefully. Some craziness ensues after Mia is grabbed by a demonic entity. Hiding behind Leah's stroller. That demon looked badass. Yeah, it was actually really good. Uh, was that practical effects or was that just all CG? Uh, I couldn't see the seams in it if it was CG. If it was, it was really good CG. She runs back to the elevator where the buttons go to shit before the lighting fails entirely. It's actually probably probably my favorite scene of the movie is this elevator scene. Do you know why that is, Joey? There's a reason for it. Wow. James Wan directed it. Really? Yeah. Shit, it's my favorite fucking scene in the movie. It's so funny. I got it here. No, no cue up for this, cause uh, yeah, just that's yeah, it's funny. 
The demonic figure pursues her through various flights of stairs after she escapes via the emergency exit door. All but falling into her apartment at the last moment, we see an eerie symbol almost burnt into the flesh of her forearm, just where she had been grabbed. And as we just mentioned, this scene was directed by James Wan himself. And if you look really closely at the emblem on her arm, it's the fucking insane cloud posse symbol. She's a fucking juggalo now, dude. It's a fucking juggalo. What is a juggalo? Editor's note, uh, drop Juggalo Island, the entire song here. <laughs> I found another tidbit about this specific apartment complex. Ellen DeGeneres lived here when she first went to Hollywood and mm. recognized it when she watched the film in theaters. So there was abuse here for well over 40 years, what you're telling well me. Well over, because she is an asshole. Well, you talked about this being your favorite scene, Joe. You wanted to highlight any particular thing about it? Uh, just the way it's shot. Like, that that single fucking from behind the back and, like, the doors opening and slowly closing. Oh, yeah, that was fucking tense, man. Opening, closing. It actually added a sense of dread that the rest of the movie, for me, really lacks. It really is like, in my opinion, this is like the first scary thing in the fucking movie. Maybe the only scary thing in the movie, honestly. Mia calls Detective Clarkin to gather some information about Annabelle and her crew. He informs her of their history as a cult called the Disciples of the Ram, one designed to summon a demon by claiming a soul. The symbol we saw on Mia's arm matches the one drawn in blood at the scene of Annabelle's suicide. That's such a fucking cool name for a cult, man. The Disciples of the Ram? The Disciples of the Ram? That shit is so metal. Mia goes to a bookstore run by a woman named Evelyn, who you may recognize as Alfrey Woodard from Scrooged. That's my girl. I got the same note here, dude. Grace from Scrooged. Probably my all-time favorite Christmas movie. Uh, Maybe a close second to Gremlins. Gremlins is like top-tier shit. Um, she also played the role of Ruby Jean in a little-known show called True Blood. Oh, shit. Suki, I am vampire. Suki, I am vampire. Eric, stop. I'm not in love with you. You're not a vampire. Like, like, fucking, like, what's his name? Suki, Suki, you don't want to fuck Bill. What's him? I'm Swedish. You're not a werewolf. You don't have fucking claws. Shout out to Alexander Skarsgård, you sexy beast. Looking forward to uh, the Viking movie. For all the females out there, all two of them that listen to the show, she was also in Love and Basketball. Also, to the females of the show, hit me up on Snapchat at (laughs) johnbobblecock.com. Please don't. He's having threesome with ghosts. Just don't. Joey will watch Love and Basketball with anybody who wants I to. I will watch. Oh boy. I will make love and watch basketball with anybody. <laughs> that, that, that rings in. <laughs> Evelyn quickly points Mia to just the book for her. Fuck the Dewey Decimal System. Evelyn's got this shit memorized. Following a weird vision sequence, I guess you might want to call it, that ends in the stroller getting obliterated by a fucking Mack truck. Mia and Leah return home for more shenanigans. So what's that scene? Like, did that really happen? That was really fucking confusing. Wait, outside where the books got hit? Yeah, that happened. Yeah. That was a real thing. But she totally disregards it. She doesn't even go pick the stroller up out of the fucking road. 
I it's mean, destroyed. The, the fucking movie's already an hour and a half long. Why add to this shit by making it? We gotta watch books? her pick up shit now. I mean, fuck. <laughs> I had to watch her carry something in a fucking storage. She can pick up a stroller. I'm watching her sew a goddamn hat for fucking eight minutes. And you can't I don't give me three watch seconds her of her up cleaning books. up her fucking mess here. No thanks. This is California. These people recycle. She's a privileged white person. She ain't picking up shit. As she reads through the book, flashy phrases like soul stealing and blood of the innocent grab our attention. These motherfuckers are after the baby, y'all. Oh, who would have fucking guessed? Shocker. I mean, shit. <laughs> oh, no. Not the baby. They're gonna eat her, too. Oh, my God. So, the, we're what, an hour in this movie. I don't know. It felt like five hours. Uh, the doll doesn't do anything. No. Nothing. At all. It just sits there. Yeah. Looks menacing. Yeah. I will give her that. She has, uh, she's very good at looking menacing. Yeah, so does this Wendy's big gulp I got sitting beside me with the same fucking face on it. Man, I've been on a fucking diet since like the beginning of the year. I oh. can't tell you what I would do to a fucking uh, Dave's single right now, let alone Bacon a Dave's double. It. You know what uh, I would damn, he I would. Could, If I ate a fucking bacon in it right now, I'd probably damn sleep the rest of the damn night. He is so feeding for a Wendy's item that he just said a Dave single, just a regular ass single. Why's well, the name the single? Actually, the, the you know what the single kind of kind of slaps. The single That's on the kids kinda, menu. Isn't it? The single kind of thick. <laughs> I ain't talking about no damn double stack or whatever damn, they call it. What's that yeah. shit you used to get all the time? Joyce said, "Let me get three singles." Let me. Y'all, can y'all take three singles and make a fucking trip? No, sorry, let me get three singles, sir. You can get a triple. No, I want fucking three singles. No, bitch. I want three separate buns, three three separate pairs of buns. Joy like them them square patties instead of them round. I'm telling, man. Wendy's has got such good burgers, dude. Such good. Just as Mia puts all this together, the door slams, locking her outside of the room, where the baby sits beneath a bookshelf. Peeking beneath the crack of the door, Mia sees heavy books falling all around the baby. <laughs> Just in time for the doll to drop down and break her line of sight. Boo, motherfucker. This fucking stupid-ass scene, bro. These fucking books are falling. They're making it sound like they weigh 40 pounds. Like they, the, the fucking sound department's over here throwing goddamn concrete blocks on the ground it's to make the sound man. for the books hitting the ground. Wait, wait you didn't see the geometry the baby, the symmetry? The ba- oh, here we go. The baby's fucking sitting there clueless, like, looking around and shit every time a book falls. <laughs> <laughs> and we we've, we've, we understand that Annabelle can't move on her own. So did the demon throw the doll on the floor in front of the door to specifically yeah. to scare? Yeah, he did. Yeah. What do you think? Gotcha, bitch. How else would that shit happen at that moment? Not to scare her, but to scare the fucking audience. With He's just sitting above the door scared. holding a fucking doll like this. Like, oh, shit, she got her face Wait down. For it. Wait you know, James, for it. You know that game. James, James, can you come to set this one day? Please, just hold the doll and drop it right here at this moment. Terrible. <sighs> Hopefully those books were CGI, because I didn't want that baby to be at risk. Mia breaks the doorknob and runs in to grab Leah. The doll finally moves. Fucking hooray. And as she floats in the air, we see the demon himself. Or itself, puppeteering her. John quickly arrives, late as always, and the fucking action is over. See, I thought we were actually going to finally get like a Chucky animatronic moment, but no. Nope. We did get a nice shot of the of Annabelle floating in the air, and then that, that awesome demon face behind her. 
Terrified and worried for their daughter's safety, Mia and John contact their parish priest, Father Perez. Gotta call the Catholic priest. Yeah, I mean, every time I have like like one or two many hemorrhoids come up, I'm, I'm going to the priest, you know. Gotta call the priest. He has all the answers. He's they better than everything. a doctor. They know everything. He informs them that demons sometimes attach themselves to inanimate objects and that a human soul must be offered to withdraw it. Yeah, my fucking loofah in my shower's got a demon soul in it. Like, every time I scratch my butt with my loofah, I could not... scratch I, back? I know, I'm, I know, I know <laughs> I'm fucking taking the demon and I'm upsetting the demon. Exercise these demons. I bet there's a lot of inanimate objects in your apartment that have been cursed directly. Shit, or I know there's a lot of inanimate you. objects that has been uh, bodily fluids on them. All right. Remind me never to borrow sugar from your ass again. Thank Doing that in the sugar, bro. That's the flower. Without any hopes of exercising the demon from the doll, Father Perez decides to take it away to seek help from a quote-unquote married couple. This is obviously like a little tongue-in-cheek reference to the old Warrens, right? Oh, God. These fucking snake oil salesmen. Yeah, I suppose so. Damn right. However, before he can enter the church, the demon haunting the doll throws his ass like a little paper airplane and snatches the fucking doll right up. So I got a, I got a big issue here. It's the fact the priest got in the car, put the doll in the back seat, drove all the way to the church, got out of the car, walked up the steps, opened the door, and that's when the demon attacked him. Why? Well, the the doll wasn't in in danger of being like made any, or the like, demon in this case wasn't being put in danger of being made any any weaker up until this point. Apparently, if you cross like the barrier of entry into like a holy place. Um, according to the priest in the movie, uh, it, it serves to weaken the, uh, the the hold of that of that spirit on the uh, inanimate object. So mumbo jumbo bullshit is what he's telling you. Who yeah, it's a bunch of mumbo jumbo bullshit, but it's, I mean it is what it is. You got to drive the plot forward. Annabelle's dolls got to get back to the fucking guys. Got to get back to the house somehow. Again, the movie's all about plot. I understand. We gotta take the MVP off the table, man. You can't have a fucking priest out here just fucking destroying everything like a badass that he is. A superhero. Sometime later, Evelyn sits at home with Mia and John attends to the hospitalized Father Perez. Evelyn tells Mia that she lost a daughter named Ruby when she was Mia's age. Ruby died in a car accident caused by Evelyn. In her depression, she planned to slit her wrist. However, she claims to have heard Ruby's voice telling her that it was not her time. At the hospital, Father Perez wardens John that he has sensed the demon's powerful presence and that its true intention is to claim Mia's soul. John immediately calls Mia to warn her and urge her to leave the apartment, but he doesn't get the message through due to static interference. In my old-timey phones, man, that's what happens. Full disclosure... I thought Evelyn was a part of like the demonic. Dude, atmosphere. I was fucking so hoping it would take that. You turn. racist oh pieces of shit! I was hoping she was. I was hoping she was going to answer the phone and like she was going to be like the yeah. devil. Oh my god, it would have been so much better that way. I'm glad, I man. You got the same idea. I was. She so had fucking like demonic books and shit. She's oh, always man. around telling weird stories and shit. Like, I thought she was a demon. I was so ready for it to take that turn, and it, the movie just doesn't have the fucking guts to take that turn. It's got, it has the guts to name every fucking character ever in a horror movie, though, Joy. The fact that you two sick bastards can't rationalize that some neighbors are just good people is appalling. 
I guess, but I mean. I live in suburbia. There's only a handful of good people in suburbia, buddy. It would be remembered as being a better movie than what it is had it went the other way. A knock at the door leads Mia to open the door for what she believes to be Father Perez. Spoiler alert, it ain't. In a callback to some heavy-footed ceiling neighbors, our demon tosses Evelyn's ass out the apartment like a Scrooged VHS. Got that me. that cheap scare got me, and I'm I'm very sad to say that. Ah, damn it! Yeah, we gotta we gotta incorporate a drinking game into our watching here. Anytime you react to a jump scare, you take a fucking shot, boys. <sighs> There's gotta be like Evan Williams. It'll be some rough shit. Now going mano y mano, Mia is left to settle this shit once and for all. She finds herself in the nursery, no sign of Leah, but our sweet Wendy doll lies in the crib. Mia grabs the doll and bashes it against the crib before throwing it across the floor. The doll appears to turn into Leah, bloodied and dead. Mia runs over to her and cries, thinking she's killed her baby, before it turns out to be one of Mia's giggling dolls. Another another scene. They ain't got the fucking balls. Fake out, motherfucker. You ain't got the balls, bro. I mean, fuck. That right there would have been fantastic. Now, obviously, obviously murdering a baby isn't what fantastic. What the fuck is wrong with y'all? Obviously, it's not. But it would the movie wouldn't be so forgettable had something like that actually something had something of substance happen in this fucking movie. Shock it wouldn't value. just be another shit movie on the pile of shit movies in the <laughs> franchise. <laughs> I'll wait for my response till you get a little further, and then I have a big issue with this film. All right, let me get some more uh, some more plot out the way here. I'm looking at my fucking grade right here in my notes. I'm kind of talking myself down to a lower grade, just like talking about. <laughs> I think I might actually just change my fucking grade on this shit. That's the point of our discussion, man. After some classic what-do-you-want banter, we see her soul written in red crayon throughout the nursery. And as in any good interview, she hits him up with a follow-up. Is there any other way? Which leads us to the obvious conclusion. The demon will settle for some of that sweet Mia soul instead. Did we go over the whole thing about how the person has to willingly give their soul as opposed to like the demon take the soul? Well, we said the priest mentioned that something had to be offered up. So I guess an offer is a willing giving. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's this coming full circle is Mia is willing to give her soul for the safety of her daughter. John, again a minute too late, and Evelyn break open the door to find Mia ready to jump out the window with the doll in her hands. John lunges and pulls Mia back inside. The first time this man has pulled out in his life. God, you fuck. I was all right. I ain't gonna let that slip by without saying something. Evelyn grabs the doll and decides to make the sacrifice herself. Presumably, Here we go. Presumably as atonement for Ruby's death. Here we go. That's Pause the, the way, podcast. That's the only way it can end. The only let way. Let me stand on my soapbox. Go ahead, Hootie. Yeah. Let me hear it because you're going to say the same shit I'm going to say. Go ahead. The only way it can end is by killing the only person of color in the entire film. Couldn't kill the baby because that's apparently wrong, but you can kill the only black person in the entire fucking film for these rich-ass white people. She gave her life. <sighs> Ruby, Ruby wouldn't want it any other way. And, well, as these boys are kind of burying the lead here, poor Evelyn jumps out of the window to her death. The doll laid out beside of her. Leah is safe in her crib, yay for the pretty couple. The camera brings us back to Evelyn's body. But, if this isn't fucking Michael Myers, I don't know what is, 
the doll has disappeared. So the black woman died for nothing. For nothing? You see those pretty white people hugging each other and shit? Absolutely nothing. I didn't see none of it. Six months later, the forms have moved on and have not seen the doll since. Elsewhere, the mother of one of the girls in the opening scene purchases the doll as a gift for her daughter. The ending text states that the real doll resides in a case in Ed and Lorraine Warren's museum and that it is blessed by a priest twice a month to keep the public safe from the evil that the doll possesses. And that final scene, the, that Raggedy Ann doll is in the background. Oh, got a little allusion to the OG, huh? And the museum is currently closed, and it is in uh, Hartford, Connecticut. Fucking COVID, man. Can't have anything we really want anymore. Is that why it's closed? I have no idea. You can't even go look at a bunch of dumb shit in Connecticut because of COVID. You can't go and put a mask on Annabelle. Sometimes I've got to cover this damn doll up. <laughs> that fucking priest comes in like this. That's <laughs> Please don't kill any more motherfuckers, please. That black lady dies for all these white people to live. <laughs> so Annabelle's racist. That's what we're, that's what this movie really showed us. Annabelle was just a poor, psychotic individual. I think Annabelle was of the mindset, if if I take this black woman's soul, man, that makes me racist. You know? So I gotta she do, wanted I, to be racist. I gotta, do, I gotta keep looking, bro. I, can I really put myself in this body for the next fucking 50 years? <laughs> I mean, shit, you know what I mean? Pretty young white girl, yeah, married, got a you know, situation going on, married to a doctor, or this crazy-ass lady owns a bookstore. And it was like, ah, shit. <laughs> so that's Annabelle, my guys. That's Annabelle. Woo! Never thought it would end. Holy you shit. Did I think we made it a little bit more entertaining than it probably was. Let's put this movie in its uh, glass case in the museum, our Hall of Fame, and here at the uh, film school. So, what pieces of memorabilia do you guys want to take out of this bad boy? I'll go first. I want that book on demons. The devil's welcome. Let me learn how this whole world works on my own, because the movies do a poor job of laying out the ground rules. For me, uh, I want that self-rocking rocking chair. I mean... uh, (laughs) Mia uses that shit to break off a doorknob, so you know it's quality made. Uh, maybe maple. Pine. That's pine wood. Uh, maybe, made maybe, maple, right uh, maybe maple. Maybe maple, a rich mahogany, but probably oak. Definitely oak. Personally, I'm going to take the uh, sewing machine. I just had to throw away my favorite pair of jeans because uh, there was an, what I'll call an asshole. A hole right <laughs> where the asshole would be how do you so, wear it out the hole in where your asshole is? i was how perplexed i work from home this i was really fucking confused as to how i did that so. <laughs> you know what i like to do i like to cut little circle dick holes in my pants and like stick the head of my dick not all the way through but just barely through to where it's like what the fuck's on his pants in and your jeans yeah, yeah. <laughs> then i pull it back in real quick and everybody like, oh, likes to be a, a, a pedophile in spare time no, 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 no. i like to be uh no 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 no, no. I like to be. <laughs> no, 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 no. I like to be. I like to be thought provoking. You know, I want people thinking. <laughs> I want to have people's minds. You know, racing. It's I like an to, art piece. Let's like like a, let's start. Yeah. A, let's start a conversation. You know what I mean? It's an abstract. Like, what is that in your pants? That's just a hole. It, why? Yes, it is, man. Let's talk. Why? About yes, it. it is the head of my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along, boys. Here. So, before we give our reviews, the uh, truly unfiltered opinions that everyone's waiting for, let's go over. 
two fan reviews that I pulled out, both from IMDb here. We'll start with the good. This is a review titled, Haunted Doll is Out for Blood, from Ram 14 Ooh, Baltazaram. Baltazaram 14. Annabelle is one of the most incredible movies I have ever watched. Good God. I went to go watch it in a theater with my friends and family. The only part that made me scream was when the devilish fingers popped out at us. Made I him sc- scream? Was he having <laughs> watching sex? watching fucking 3D? They had no, this shit in 3D? Will you let me finish this man's thoughts? Or probably a child's <laughs> thoughts? It's hard to do. I screamed and flung popcorn everywhere. <laughs> it's gone. Oh, shit! <laughs> you see that the fucking demon hand? The demon hand popped out of Annabeth's pussy hole. I saw it. Holy shit. I seen it. I seen it. You know what? See it? All right. Let me fucking finish this. <laughs> My bro. Oh, no. I'm covered in popcorn, Dad. Somebody go get me another drink. I ain't leaving this seat till this shit's over. I got to watch it. I'm fucking in. 725. I got to see, see how this shit shit ends. <laughs> oh, shit. Hold on. Damn. I need a distraction on him. How much popcorn was it covered uh, in? Jeez. Uh, start again at the demon hand popped out of a pussy hole. <clears throat> My brother started to cry. So he- <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> How old is this fucking kid? How old is this kid? Who snuck into this fucking theater to watch this movie with a goddamn adolescent adolescent brother? One kid's throwing popcorn, one kid's fucking crying. What the fuck is going on? This kid, I guess he's 14. He had 14 in his year. Jesus. Oh, shit. Hold on. He wants them to make him scream, too. Sounds like he's got some other shit going on as well. (laughs) My brother started to cry, so he buried his face in a bucket of popcorn. Was it the one that flew away or the one that stayed? This was the best night ever. I have never watched a movie with so much going on. And all of it had to do with a doll with rosy cheeks. After that, I had a dream about having a doll, and it was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck my ass, dude. Holy shit. Is that it? No. Oh, fuck. Time to write this entire story. Oh, fuck me, man. I had a dream about having a doll, and it was amazing, but frightening at the same time. I wanted the doll for the longest time ever. My mother told me me I was crazy. Ten out of ten. Goodness. Imagine imagine enjoying fucking Annabelle so much, right? I know. The The bar for what you enjoy is that fucking low. How much are you going to enjoy everything else like for the rest of your life like in terms this of is, movies this is the person who thought Avatar was the greatest movie of all time leave <laughs> <I laughs> this poor kid alone man yeah he, he loved it. well I hope that Rob Lowe 14 got his uh, uh, Annabelle doll I think they sell him now so you fucking his favorite his scene is a scene I didn't even think ha- I didn't know happened in the fucking movie he flamed popcorn all over himself, Joey. Not his brother. His brother kept his popcorn. Oh, shit. He was just crying at it. That's funny. 
Yeah. Shout out to that kid. You made my fucking night, buddy. All right, here's a bad review I grabbed. This one was titled, Do Not See This Movie. And then it says, spoiler alert, in parentheses. It says it's written by Frank Castle? This is written by Lindsay Lou 12833265. Jesus, that's a social security number. She said, if you haven't already seen the movie Annabelle, please do not go. I knew better than to open my mind to such a movie before the thrill of a scare I went last night. This movie is incredibly sacrilegious. It saddens me to know that millions of people who have not realized it are being deceived. God warns us of false prophets. Be careful, the media has a lot of subliminal messages out there. For instance, in this movie, Evil Triumphs Over Good, a priest claims he doesn't know what to do to help a family. This insults the power of God. I'm sorry, but this is trickery. You do not win by sacrificing your soul to the devil. He wins, and that is what he wants. And Jesus did not sacrifice his soul to the devil either. Duh. One out of ten. God almighty. I feel like I just went to church. Did she just get done with like a Sunday service and go right to watch fucking Annabelle? That's the two ends of the spectrum right there. This movie also made the priest seem like a superhero. So I'm really questioning some of that. The crazy part about those two reviews, the dude who was in love with the movie... Boy. Sounds so much more sane than the other person who was talking about the religious aspect of it. Exactly. It's fucking Annabelle. You're thinking way too hard about it if you're seeing like any, any sort of religious angle whatsoever. That lady has been washed in the blood, Joey. Okay. The blood of the lamb. One out of fucking ten. So yeah, there's your uh, there's your A plus and there's your F reviews. There you go. Well, so with those two in the books, where did you two fellas wind up on Annabelle? I think that review is better than the damn movie. Fucking <laughs> great. It's a no for me, dog. This ain't it. Gotta plop a big, fat, veiny, throbbing D grade stamp on Annabelle's forehead. I was thinking about going with a fucking F after all this, but hey, let's stick with the D. <laughs> uh, just too many unearned jump scares that really aren't all that scary. The characters fell flat or feel flat and are uh, unrelatable with their choices and actions. Um, there's just no one to root for at all in this movie. The story unfolds in the most predictable fashion, and it just feels like such a wasted opportunity with the Annabelle doll being one of the more memorable or memorable um, characters slash objects from the Conjuring universe, if not the most memorable. Um, it's not all terrible, however. The cinematography is top-notch, as it should be with Mr. Leonetti in the director's chair, and that elevator scene was well done, as well as the neighbor kill sequence early in the movie. Uh, if you like killer doll movies where the doll does jack shit, give Annabelle a shot. Otherwise, steer clear and check out Dolly Dearest, a movie far more entertaining, albeit corny as hell. So, to piggyback on what Joy just said in my review, I also gave this a big old fat throbbing big old D. Typical big-budget cash-in for a horror franchise that is in the James Wan quote-unquote conjuring universe, which is becoming pretty sad at this point. Wan set it up so well with the first conjuring and Insidious. The first Insidious was fantastic. But really nothing after that holds much water. This is a movie about a killer doll in which the doll does fucking nothing the entire movie, which is super frustrating for me. For a guy who loves movies like Child's Play, Demonic Toys, and Puppet Master, just to name a few. 
If you need a killer doll fix, watch one of those aforementioned films and skip this pure, cheesy bullshit. Dude, we done dropped a fucking hammer on him, bro. Holy shit. Yeah, so uh, I myself gave this a D minus, actually. Looks like I'm the fucking low man here. Ooh, he gave him a small D. It's a little D. Little as D baby, as I can give D. Holy hell, man, this shit was just awful. Aside from a few moments that apparently the great James Wan himself chose to oversee this movie is a shameful entry into what was, at the time, a legitimately good up-and-coming horror franchise. story is as formulaic as it gets, and it screams two words at an insanely stupid volume. Cash grab. Revisit the legend, Charles Lee Ray, covered in Horrible Film School number 5, and leave this dirty bitch in the garbage pail. She had no animatronic action at all. At all. What the Just fuck? There. Just Take that, Annabelle, you stuck-up bitch. Yeah, I'm not going to miss you, but I can't say I didn't have fun There's two more. That. Here's the crazy, here's the sad part. There's two more fucking movies that might come up on that goddamn wheel. <laughs> what happens? Does she continue to sit around? <laughs> I want to fight. I, I kind of want to find out now. There's one called Annabelle Comes Home. Bitch, ain't you at home already? I think that's like the well-received one, right? One of them is well-received. Oh, Apparently, God. Annabelle Creation is about the girl who is Annabelle. Who, like, the doll is based off of or some shit. Was it the child of the woman we saw commit suicide? The child version of the woman we saw commit suicide? Now we're getting too far. Funny, funny fucking story about that, Hootie. That Annabelle Creation shit. I watched what? the first 20 minutes thinking I was watching oh, goddamn boy. Annabelle. <laughs> Thinking I was watching Annabelle, the the site I used to watch it, which might not have been above board, had me thinking this was fucking Annabelle. Then Annabelle, then Annabelle, then Annabelle creation popped up, and I said, "What the fuck?" I turned this shit off, and it took me like another week and a half to watch the movie. I was so. so what mad. happens in Annabelle creation, Joy? Somebody gets hit by a truck. I'll oh, say that much. Oh. Okay, a lot of a lot of trucks in these films. Yeah, it doesn't. Get, it doesn't. It's, it's not scary in the first like twenty minutes at all. All right, boys, with our opinions, the opinions of some uh, very entertaining folks on the internet behind us, let's put old Annabelle away and reveal our Rotten Tomato audience fan score guesses. Put that bitch in a box under some fucking wet cement, never to see the light of day. Bye-bye, old girl. So recapping our scores here, let's start with the high man, which was Captain Ryan Hootie himself with a 63%. Are you crazy? That was so bad. It was so bad. I never insane? thought it before. It got a franchise, Joy. So we've got a fucking franchise. I'm sorry. It was bad. It was bad. The, it was bad. Uh, generally, people are fucking stupid, Hootie. I mean, yeah, they're well, going to go see, go see dog shit. I'm learning people are stupid. I give humanity way too much credit. <laughs> anyway, Hootie with the 63. I went with the 55. Joey went with a 40. Should have went with a goddamn 30. And let's see what the actual audience score on RT is for Annabelle. It's a 35, my guys. <laughs> Let's get it. All right. Yeah. So with our five-point cushion, looks like uh, Professor Joseph has rung the bell, as they say. Ding, ding, ding. Ringing in the, uh, ringing it's in the new year. It's been a while. Ringing in the yeah. new year. It's been a while, boys. We back in the driver's seat. Back in the driver's seat. got a fucking hit. So back in the driver's I have seat. passed the mic off to you, sir. What are we going to be watching this next show? All right. So, uh... Let's be real. We've been bashing this movie for quite a bit, and rightfully so. If anybody's ever We're seen this Annabelle movie, comes you, home. you know, <laughs> you, <laughs> rightfully so, you, you, you know the movie's not that good. 
Um, so this movie was a fucking bummer. Um, and we just got to follow it up with a banger. We need a palate cleanser. So for your view and pleasure and ours, next week we will be reviewing in all its pussy love and glory Jesus. 1996's From Dust Till Dawn. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of 10-year-old boners that went into watching that movie. I'll tell you that. Richie, would you do me a favor and eat my pussy for me, please? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> dude, I fucking love this movie. It's so Damn, good. Dude, I haven't seen that shit in forever. It's going to be such, oh, a, such a good tattoo. episode, man. Oh, so I always wanted blood. that tattoo. I never wanted a tattoo worn. I wanted George Clooney's like neck tribal tattoo. All right, man. Let's pull up this trailer and get some. Let's get some live feedback to a dust till dawn. Minnesota got a model. And here we go. To mention be films, cool. you be cool. Somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Damn you Quentin. understand the meaning of the words low profile? Sure. Two of America's most dangerous criminals have taken hostages. What is this? It's called a punch. I want to ask you one question, and all I want is a yes or no answer. Do you want to live through this? Okay, Ramblin. Let's get rambling. One night is all that stands between them and freedom. We gotta go to Mexico, boys. Oh Jesus my Christ. God, that Salma Hayek shit, dog. Oh my goodness. I'm gonna be going on about this night. next episode. Oh. We might be in trouble. We have a bunch of fucking vampires out there trying to get in here and suck our fucking blood. No. They're only Thousands. It's the great fucking lies. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Fuck, I forgot how great this was, man. The fucking special effects are so good, man. Really and good. you know that's our boy Tom Savini, right? Who? Yeah. Tom Savini from uh, oh, yeah, Friday yeah. the 13th. Sex Machine, baby. No, I think he might have done uh, special Boom. effects on this. I'm sure he did. Man, that's yeah, fucking awesome. That's fucking hype, dude. I miss that guy's voice, too. That guy died, by the way. The movie yeah. theater guy? Oh, the yeah, movie the movie theater, theater guy? guy died. He's been doing it for like a long time, right? One man, one woman. You, so that you looks ever, fucking awesome. You ever seen that comedian that does that shit? The comedian. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like actually really funny. I mean, it's obviously played out. Like, you can only do that kind of bit so many times for Like, no one gives a shit anymore. But it's still funny. All right, boys, trailer in the books. Let's take a stab at these scores, see if we can actually hit two in a row here. All right, as the uh, reigning champion and fat dick of the current group, we're going to say, give me that 70, 7-0. I'm going to go with an 80% guess here. Ooh, very close, Chris. I was going to go with an 82. A little bit bunched up there, but I think we're all looking forward to a good movie. Yes, I love this movie. Yeah, uh, I think it's uh, we all three universally like the movie. So yeah, nostalgia's uh, kicking on yep. ten right now. Alrighty, folks, thank you for listening. You can find us on damn near any podcast platform. Check out the website horriblefilmschool.com. You can link to our socials and whatnot there. Subscribe and follow to spread the love. 
Leave those reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Get them five-star boys up so we can feel the same love we send to all of you. I'm going to use this sign-off to offer my support to women trapped inside various inanimate objects, whether those be antique dolls or dildos. May God have mercy and release your tortured soul from that unenviable hell. Well, that was beautiful, Chris. Thank you. As always, if you are hearing our voices, at least tell one other person to also hear our voices. Stay safe out there. This pandemic apparently is getting worse or better or nobody really knows. Uh, But stay healthy. And if you find yourself wanting to watch a doll movie, skip Annabelle and watch Demonic Toys. And with that, I'm out. So uh, pretty much reiterating what my guys here said. Um, Thanks once again for all the likes, follows, tweets, retweets, listens, downloads, all that good stuff. We really appreciate your time and your attention. Um, Next week, I think we will, or next time, I think we will be a uh, little less of a downer as I'm not sure we can get much lower than Annabelle. Um, They say once you hit the bottom, the only way is up. So uh, stay safe and join us next time for... Robert Rodriguez's From Dust Till Dawn. Class dismissed. <laughs>